My name is Jackson Heyman, and I graduated from one of Minnesota's top comic book schools with really good grades. Now, I'm using my knowledge to help struggling fictional restaurants make it in this competitive world. This is Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is a weird episode. I I can't ex- I can't explain anything except that what you're about to witness is three people talking about fictional restaurants and comic books for way too long. I I don't have anything else. I am just going to turn it over to my two guests. Um, whoever would like to start, introduce yourselves. Uh, I I will go first. Uh, my name is Cena Bowles. Um, I barely graduated high school, which is why I now have to work at Bat Burger for the rest of my life. <laughs> I never went to college. That's tough. Um, I'm Lainey Ennis, and I am here on contractual obligation uh, to talk about the Joker fish at some point today. Now, we'll get there when we get there. I don't want to jump the, jump the shark or jump the fish, but <laughs> that's just, that's where we are today. So, to, to sum up the basic premise of this episode, um, a couple of months ago, I was just scrolling through Twitter And I saw somebody tweet an image of the first place we are going to talk about. Um, It's already come up, Batburger. Um, And I was like, oh, there are a lot of, like, fictional restaurants and comic books. And I kept seeing this trend. And I was like, oh, you could do an episode about this. And I am nothing but a shill for content. So... I have invited my two dear friends on, and we are going to discuss kind of like a Kitchen Nightmares, kind of like a Nathan for You scenario. We are just going to evaluate all of these restaurants. And at the end, we might pitch some of our own. So let's just jump right into it. Um, I'm having both of you back on the podcast later in the year, so we don't need to talk about your lives. We're just going to talk about restaurants. No one cares about our lives. Exactly. It's all about the restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, number one on the, our list is Bat Burger. Now, this is the restaurant that inspired me to do this episode. And Bat Burger only shows up in a two page spread in one issue of Tom King's, like, DC Rebirth Batman run. And, but, but, the image we are looking at here is so iconic, so striking. I'm just going to describe it for you all. Um, it is a man in a very poorly put together Batman costume, standing in front of a cash register with a big, like, fast food menu above him. And he is saying that he's asking the question, do you want to jokerize those fries? And I think that is just beautiful. I, it is so wonderful and you have so much detail put into this thing that matters to nobody and it's just it it matters to us matters to us so bat burger in the canon of the dc universe is only located in like the gotham bloodhaven area so would would you would you two call this like a regional chain do is it is it like Gotham's answer to like In and Out or Shake Shack or something? They source really locally, like In and Out does too. 
Like, I bet it's like you can only get certain meats within a certain mileage yeah. of the area. What I'm more concerned about is the branding and who owns the rights to the names of Batman and affiliates. Good point. Does this imply Bruce owns this? Wait. Like, wait, is this a way? Is this a Wayne subsidiary? That's what I'm wondering. That's why we It's like some back channel. It's like a back channel, like subsidiary, where it's like you can't necessarily trace it back to Wayne Industries, but it's a hundred percent done by Wayne Industries, like a shell corporation. <laughs> so, I, I did also want to bring up one other thing. Um, this is a because, like, it's come up recently that Gotham in the DC universe is a Jersey town. This is this is Jersey. So I feel like it's not like a it's not like an in and out. It's not like a Shake Shack. It's like a Wawa in terms of like regional <laughs> restaurant. And I am just stress stressing my knowledge of just regional chains, even though I'm from the Midwest and we don't have those here. Wait, I don't, I don't know where Cena's has been all around, but like not over on my end. I can't, I'm not the expert you needed for this moment. I'm so sorry. We should have brought in a native New Jersey. We should have. Um, I lived in Connecticut was my closest uh, connection to New Jersey. Um, and honestly, the only thing coming to mind isn't fast food. It was this, uh, it's, I believe it's primarily like East Coast and North, uh, uh, New England uh, called Friendly's was the chain. Um, it was like a little sit down restaurant bad memories of that place oh no that's the only thing coming to mind they were not very friendly at friendlies oh no so so because i think we have a we have a full menu of bad burger here so i think we we should just go down this menu and evaluate all these different menu items nothing more yes this is incredible so you've got the standard bat burger which i i think is like it's just your classic cheeseburger, I think, right? Or oh, yeah. Or is it like a Big Mac or something? Or yeah, I'm also looking at the photo here. They have like a picture of it on the bat minis, which look kind of like a bat burger, I'm assuming. And it has like a bat like symbol on the bun, which is kind of okay. fun. I like that. So it's, so it's like that little Caesar's calzone pizza thing that's yeah. out right now. Exactly. And so, like, it comes in, like, the deluxe, and it comes in the deluxe oversized. So I think that's just, they're still doing, like, a supersize thing, even though, like, in-universe, probably McDonald's stopped doing that. Oh, my God. Do you think there was, like, a documentary about, like, <laughs> a guy who only eats bat burger for, like, a year? <laughs> There a hundred percent was, and no one watched it because the guy was from New Jersey. And they still show it in middle school health classes for some reason, because that is something people do. Anyways, that's a choice you make. The dangers of only eating bat burger. That is, I I had that experience. Yeah, I watched Super Size Me in middle school health classes. Okay, so then we get to the the bat mite meals, which are like. The kids' meals, I assume. They have a picture of chicken nuggets, so I I think it would be like like if we're doing the McDonald's, you know, little four piece of the little bat symbol chicken nuggets. Maybe like little apple slices or something. Ah, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
looks beautiful. I hope, I hope, like, they have, like, a fun box design. Like, mm-hmm. the hat, like, they, they've got to have, like, a, a, like, a branding with, like, the Happy Meal box that is, like, iconic. A battering. Oh, my God. Wait, they sell toy batterings. Absolutely. <laughs> they have to, right? Guys, we need to, like, just actually take this off the ground right now. I think we're striking gold here. Hey. <laughs> we can, we make, can make it, it happen. happen. Let's call it Warner Batman right now. Batman is back. Batman is back. We, exactly. Batman is back. We can make this happen, you guys. You heard it here first. Keep an eye out. I'm going to franchise a Bat Burger. <laughs> And so then we get to um, we get to two distinct I- items here, the Robin Nuggets and the Night Wings. So uh, the Robin Nuggets, I assume, are like your classic chicken nuggets. And we've seen here they're shaped like batarangs or the bat symbol or something. Now, what it, what are the Night Wings? Do we do we think they are like like the classic bone-in chicken wings or are they like upscale nuggets like boneless wings or something i don't think upscale i think it's more like the quote-unquote wings you can get from like pizza hut <laughs> like it, it's not fancy at all but it's on there to look fancy and the sauce is just terrible you know it has like three ingredients that are dry and then you pour water in it i'm looking at these employees they look so depressed like they hate their lives the guy at the front here his name is mark and mark looks 33 and he has alimony to pay <laughs> so. we, we do have to talk about these employees because i don't think working here is great for them because they have to dress up like the characters in the dc universe which are like real people so in canon they are doing like cosplay of a real person and I feel so bad for them. Could you imagine if we did this with, like, real celebrities? I was about to say, this is the future Jeff Bezos once. Help. Welcome to Bezos Burger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, this is Bezos Burger. You come in, you have to shave your head to work here. Actually, no, it's fully automated. Who are we kidding? (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's like that that Amazon like go grab and go thing where you just Run by the Bezos spot. scan your phone or your Amazon account. Exactly. Oh my, oh my god. So next on the menu is is the KGBLT. I have so many thoughts about this because all these other things are not real. The KGB is like a genuine organization that they just chose to throw on here, which is making me lose my mind. So so this is what I think is interesting because there is like a very like C tier DC villain by the name of like KG beast. And I think that is what this is a reference to. Oh, but without beast, (laughs) that makes it so much worse. Yeah, this is way worse. They should have put, like, with at least, like, an asterisk that's like, this is about KG Beast, not about the KGB. Sorry, Russia. Like, I don't I don't know what you're supposed to do here to clarify, but there needs to be some sort of clarification. Something. There's also, like, does the KGB exist in the DC universe, which has other organizations such as, like, I, I don't know. The UN exists you know like greater organizations on national scales exist and this does too question mark and if not is he just called kg beast is that just his name did he just like those letters yeah okay good point i think 
the existence of a character named KGB has to imply the existence of the real world KGB. This is terrible. According to dc.fandom.com, the KGB is the umbrella organization serving as the Soviet Union's premier security agency. So it was a canon thing within DC Comics. God, that's so funny that you have to cite that on specifically DC fandom. Could you imagine citing that in like some sort of paper, literary sort of thing? Just adding that in there. I got this information from. (laughs) The last paper I ever had to write in college, I cited some some comics wikis for... but, But it was specifically because it was like about comic book media and things and i needed to cite these things but like yes i did actually cite this stuff on an academic paper next next on next on the menu is is the riddle me fish so i assume it i i assume it's like the filet of fish if we're going off like a mcdonald's basis here what about it makes it the riddler you don't know the fish. It's like, it's a puzzle. You have to solve what kind of fish you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. And it just turns out to be like genetically modified, where it's like, it's haddock and Atlantic cod. That's good. That's why it's. That's the riddle part, is that you're like, I don't know what type of fish it is. That's a trick question. It doesn't really exist. They just. He would. Threw them all in a pot and called it, called it a day. Called it a dish. <laughs> Oh my oh god. That was good. This is a really groan-worthy episode. <laughs> oh, I don't worry, so- I have so many more puns on the way. Hope everyone at home is groaning. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, next on the list is the killer croc monsieur. And that is a good pun. That is that is choice. It is re- you're gonna see a lot of menu items with like extremely forced puns in this episode but this is a good one and like i'm i'm sure it's like a good croque-monsieur or however you pronounce it like a good croque-monsieur ham sandwich with like cheese oh yeah, it sounds delicious like it, i'm fully on board on this this is what i would order i should have eaten something before we recorded this episode because now i'm really <laughs> we're not even out of bat burger yet and i'm already really hungry well, that burger, I think, was one of the ones that really had a full menu compared to some of the others, so... That's true. Like, some of these places were just... <laughs> we're extrapolating. Yes. Okay, ne- The ne- next on the list is the Two-Face Sandwich. And this is the one I'm the most curious about. Because, like, like it's, it's traditional to, like, make, like, an open-face sandwich. But, but what is a Two-Face Sandwich? <laughs> I do have a theory about that. Yes. I think it is a, like, I'm thinking like a marble rye bread sandwich, and it's two different meats on, like, both halves of the sandwich are two different meats. Oh my god. This is incredible. Open face, because I think that has to be part of it, too, is that it's an open face yes. sandwich. Ooh. But I, I, and I, it's like, and it's like one, like, like, really, like, some really good, like, deli meat or something, something like pristine slices and then the other side is just like absolutely this shit you'd get at a supermarket that you just throw and slop on there baloney oh my God. <laughs> more mystery meat i don't think this meat is ethically sourced anymore no, no. i don't think this is an in and out situation 
<laughs> the more we go through this, the worse it gets. <laughs> Which, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then we, and then fi- the final menu item we have here is the ivy salad, which is specifically cited as not poison. Do, do, do we think there was like a scandal or something? I feel like someone got salmonella. Yeah. Like, someone got that and it became this huge deal. So they had to specify it's not actually poison. This was a like worldwide problem with this, you know, with whatever ingredient. It, it has to be, right? I love this, but I also want to bring it back to branding. I think Poison Ivy sued and got really litigious. Yeah. And so I had to clarify it wasn't Poison Ivy it, salad. It's just an Ivy salad. She's like the only one. I love Yeah, that. she is the only one that had, didn't want anything to do with this. Like, everyone else was on board. I think Harvey is a co-investor in this project. <laughs> Do you think Harvey franchised it? He had to have, right? Absolutely has to have. And and, the, and now I want to turn it over to the two of you because you brought to my attention earlier today something that I had not even been paying attention to. The drinks. The drink selections here at Bat Burger. <laughs> you want to just go through them? Uh, we have Spite, Choke, Sun Pissed, and what looks to be Zapped. I want to specify on sun pissed uh s-u-n-p-i-s-t there is a golden yellow warm sunset tone behind it and there's a cup ready to be filled <laughs> i have never wanted to try a drink more in my life i am such a big fan of spite spite is spite is so good I want to know what choke tastes like because choke seems to be like the standard cola here and Coca-Cola. Do they have like Do they have like a diet choke or cuz 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 I usually only drink <laughs> diet choke. Diet Dr. Choke. I like to think that it's like a chocolate flavored soda like Coca-Cola is the full name of it and then it just has like chocolate undertones. A chocolate cola. I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. Uh, I'm I'm still just thinking about spite here. <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> Do you think it's like McDonald's Sprite, where it's just real sharp flavor? Oh, you gotta get the Spite of Bat Burger. It tastes so much better than it from the can. It's like getting punched right in the face. There should be a medical warning on Spite from Bat Burger. Like, I don't, like, I feel like that's like gamer fuel, right? Like, people get really into drinking that for, like, really intense gaming comps, you know? Anyways, I think we should get sponsored by Spite. Uh, hey, yeah, Spite fictional companies, fictional company there? Spite. We have much art, art. I do have an idea. I'm going to offer a new soda flavor, not listed here. How do we feel about Mountain Pew? So what is that? I, I what's in that? Walk me through it. <laughs> haven't gotten there yet. I got to the pun and then just my brain shut down. Pitch it to us here. This this is this is Shark Tank now. Well, the logo is definitely one of those old like Adam West style cardboard cutouts, and it's just like in the corner, it like just a little tiny mountain, just abbreviated MTN, and then just instead, you know, instead of saying pow, it's pew. Oh, that's 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 what I've got. 
That's so Here good. I was thinking you meant pew like the place you sit in a church, and I was really intrigued. But this is much better. Like, it's, a <laughs> it's a religious trick. I was thinking like a like a laser gun. Okay. That's really good. No, this is the this is the drink of the Lord, everyone. That you get a bot burger. <laughs> this is what you drink instead of wine when you go up for communion. This is what you get when you jokerize <laughs> your fries. Come on now. You get a bat Okay. Too. We have to talk we have good segue. We have to talk about jokerizing your meal and your fries. What is jokerizing? I think it's like animal style fries from In and Out. Ooh, okay. Because they already have oversized, which to me is like that's their supersized. But to jokerize your fries, I feel like that's to like add something to it, like their special secrets thing. That's not really a secret because they also have a sign for it. So yeah, and there's like a special, there's like a sauce, there's like a special sauce or something. Yeah, you know what it's called. The society. <laughs> we live in a society. We live in a society. It's their secret sauce. Maybe, maybe when you ask an employee to jokerize your fries, they they put them in the fryer and they just watch the fries burn. Whoa! <laughs> it's like performance art at a fast food restaurant. Mark <laughs> really into that. Mark puts the order in for jokerized fries and then just goes back and stares at the fryer and thinks about his life. Like I said, he's paying alimony. Look at that man. He hasn't seen the kids in years. So so before we move on from Bad Burger, because we have spent I think 20 minutes on Bad Burger already. Um there are two things I, I also wanted to bring up here. Um, actually, three, right? Because in my notes, I have that Batburger is vegan friendly. So um, vegans go to Jersey, I guess. What's <laughs> <laughs> called arm? Jersey, well known for veganism. That's a threat. I'm not sure to who, like New Jerseyans or vegans, but you're waging war here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, we were having this conversation a few days ago, and I wanted to come circle back to this. Do we think, like, if this is, if this is a McDonald's sort of thing, do you think that certain Batburgers have, like, place, play places or children's playgrounds, like, right across from the, the main dining area? Absolutely. Uh, now, the question is, do they look like the Batcave? I think it's... I think they have. I think it's they look like just a cave and they don't know what the bat cave actually looks like, but they're like, well, bats live in caves. So bat cave. See, the thing is, is that the other person working here is in a Wonder Woman costume. So I'm wondering if they were like out of costumes for the day or if this is like a whole Justice League themed thing, which then it could be like the Justice League headquarters, maybe. But I really like the idea of a damp cave. <laughs> I think that's really not safe. Yeah, I, I think I think the best thing to do is like you take your family out for a nice meal at Bat Burger, and then you have a couple you have a couple of kids, <laughs> and and they're like, hey, we want to we want to go play, and then you're like, go okay, go go play in the cave, the the, the damp cave, no life. <laughs> 
There's no light. There's maybe like an old computer or something. It's suspiciously just wet. Just, just like just a swamp. Oh, this is so gross. I also love how you just said you bring the wife and kids out to Batburger. Like, babe, great news. Tonight, I'm taking you out to it all. We're going to Batburger, baby. We are going to jokerize our fries. And we're gonna... Sorry, I can't continue with this bit. We're going to live like kings. <laughs> oh, my God. Little peek behind the scenes. Um... I had two different ep- I had two completely different episodes scheduled for April originally and cuz this is dropping on April 7th and then the other new episode that I'm I'm doing um I was like oh you know these these two things you know I'm I'm not into them anymore I want to try something different April's going to be a very chaotic month and I'm glad we made the switch I'm so happy to be here what a treat. I I feel so overjoyed right now. Pure serotonin. Last thing about Batburger. I want to highlight number one of two food crimes committed by one Bruce Wayne in the Get DC him. universe. Get him. The first one appears when he takes all the like the Robins and the Bat family members out to a a meal at Batburger to like discuss plans or something. And Bruce Wayne begins to eat a burger with a fork and knife. And I want to put him on blast for a second because unless it's like, like a big burger or like a, some, like there's something stuffed in the center, like cheese, like it's a juicy Lucy or something. You don't eat a burger with a fork and oh, knife. Mr. Okay. Wayne. I've been thinking about this. You actually do, but in France. We all know French people are real. They eat their burgers. <laughs> they exactly. <laughs> no, but in France they do. They eat burgers with a fork and knife. Um, but also their burgers just generally don't have buns. It's like the hamburger patty, lettuce. Um, but they eat it right. with a fork and knife, but they still call it a burger. Mm. And like there was a show I was watching where it was they went to this French restaurant and the guy had created a burger and it was like supposed to be a play on the Big Mac, but it was all French preparation and everything, but they served it and gave you a fork and knife to eat it with. And he's like, that's what we do in France. So there is precedent. And I, 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 I hate that I keep fucking defending this billionaire. Because you are coming to, you're going to come to his defense for food crime number two as well. <laughs> yes! <laughs> that I can rationalize his crimes. Um, okay, France. Um, <laughs> let's have a talk, you and me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to call out the entire country of France right now. Right now? On this There's podcast. plans no, on in this the future? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. France, I really respect everything you've done. But, Okay. <laughs> Okay. I will. I think this is heinous, and you should not eat a burger with a fork <laughs> and knife unless it is a Juicy Lucy persuasion. Otherwise, what is the point? You know, if it's not going to drip all over your hands, he's just being pathetic and pretentious, and that is my strong <laughs> opinion. So the, so the question is, where do you think this beha- was this behavior learned? Because, like... <sighs> 
and if it was, who taught him how to eat a burger with a fork and knife? His billionaire parents. Next question. Okay. Before they were yes. And I don't think it was Alfred, because Alfred can do no wrong. He wouldn't do this. Alfred- Hold on. <laughs> Counterpoint. Alfred cut his burgers up when he was a kid, and <laughs> Bruce kept doing My it. My skin is crawling. This is terrible. <laughs> it's very sweet, but still a crime. And he still will be punished at the Hague. <laughs> but Alfred's like... Master Wayne, I did this for you when you were a child. This is not how you continue to eat them. Here's the thing. Then he wouldn't know how to cut it because he always cut it for little Bruce. So he wouldn't be the one cutting it. This is his own choice. He is the person with the knife, the steak knife, mind you, and fork. He has a steak knife. Bring it with him? Yeah. Does Batburger give you knives? It's for the killer croc, sir. You know what? I bet it's on his belt. Sure. I bet he has a steak knife on his belt. <laughs> and steak sauce. Ready at a moment's notice. Moving on. Um, we we have restaurant number two of however many. Um, Cena, do you want to take this one? Because I know you said you, Absolutely. you did a lot of research on this one. Oh, God, did I? Uh, so number two, we have Mephisticuffs. Made its debut in 2014 with Avengers Undercover issue number five. Uh, it was the follow up to Avengers Arena, which I knew happened. I never read it. I did. Was not interested in I it. I read it. I just. It oh was God. bad. And yeah. It was the. That's what I heard. It was the fall of so many good, like young hero teams that had made their debut in like the mid to late 2000s slash early 2010s. Cause it was like, it was a bunch of young heroes, but specifically the teams, the runaways and the kids from Avengers Academy, which were some of the most like groundbreaking books, like focused on young superheroes coming out of Marvel at the time. And they killed a lot of them off in a Hunger Games parody. Yeah. Well, not a parody, but an homage. And I, I'm seething with rage about this book that I hate so much. Yeah. It, it's like, it's that era was so not just dystopian, but like with Hunger Games and uh, a lot of that like killing game genre, a lot of it came from Japan. Like, because it followed yeah. Battle Royale, which came out in 2000. But, like, it was a very hot ticket thing in this era. And it just, not a great idea to do. <laughs> not in Marvel. Not Wait, like and this. DC also did the same thing. DC also did the same thing in the New 52 with, like, God. the culling. With, like, oh, that weird, like, Teen Titans, oh, ex-Legion of Superheroes crossover that... They put them all in a cave and they made them fight and kill each other. It's so bad. The fact, too, is that it was called Murder World. Like, they already had Battle World and they're like, well, that's not hardcore enough. Let's call it Murder World. What the heck? Oh, my God. I am glad we have moved past the era of teens fighting and killing each other we've kind of lost the plot with it too because it's supposed to be a critique but it sounds like we've reached a point where it's just so oversaturated that we're just using it for entertainment 
Absolutely. Literally. Like. Literally. <sighs> but so Avengers Undercover spins out of it. Yes. And at one point they go to Mephisticuffs. Yes. So it is uh, located in the Helltown area of the Gallia City, I guess. It was home to the Masters of Evil, run by Zemo at the time. Uh, Mephisticuffs is as Cullen Bloodstone called it, an unfortunately named demonic fight club and eatery. Uh, while there, him and Nico Minoru fought uh, against some gigantic demons in a match. Uh, they went with Damon Hellstrom, who, in my notes, he says that Mephisticuff serves shockingly delicious paella. Okay. Which I find is a fascinating menu choice. Which leads me to my next note, which is that I think it has a fun pun name to go with Mephisticuffs. So I think it's called, like, Payman's Paella. And the whole menu is, like, more highbrow items or, like, special special occasion items, I think. Because paella is not something that you just, like, go to any old restaurant for. Like, that is a well-prepared dish. That you have to put into effort for. So I like to think that there's other like long, high intensity type items. So I have some notes of others. Uh, I have Lathogna, which is Thog's lasagna. I have that you can get a rack of Beelzebulkie ribs, and you can get pie a la Asmodeus. Those are my pitches for items you can get at Mephisticuffs. Tina, you should do this professionally. Like, this is a career. That was really good. That was just real good. I love puns so much. So this episode is chef's kiss of all things. Yeah, chef's kiss. <laughs> it's in a restaurant. <laughs> I feel like this is like, it, to draw a comparison to like another real world, like franchise or chain, like this feels like a medieval times sort of thing. Like I... Mm-hmm. Oh, like even from the look here it's like a big stone arena with like people at tables so i think like servers come up and you get your fancier food and you get to cheer on a bunch of demons i have a question about this one guys yeah. have you guys ever been to a medieval times i have not i also have not my mom has I have- been to one which is <sighs> shocking to me because my mom hates medieval things. Really? Fast. Yeah, I yeah, Renaissance fairs, they drive her nuts. It, like it's always been more my bag in the family of anything Renaissance or medieval related, it's just like historically. And but she's been to one. Wild. I have never been to one, but I feel like in another life I work at one. Um So when you go to a medieval times, to my understanding from an outsider point of view, don't at me, um, is that you get a cheer on like one of the knights in your section, like you're each assigned a section. And I want to know if there's demons that you're assigned to cheer for, or if it's more of like a betting situation where you like you go to a bookie and try and like bet on your uh, demon of choice. I'm interested in your thoughts on that. From the vibe here, it looks like it's a betting sort of thing. Like, I... Yeah. It looks like a... The word fight club it, is what gets Yeah, me. it looks like a deathmatch scenario. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real honest here. I don't think these demons are coming out alive if they lose. It's, it is really interesting. So, in this issue, uh, Nico, like, snaps because of one of the things the demon she was fighting says. And, uh, 
looks like she hurts him badly, and then she like has this moment of panic because all of the kids have PTSD from the events of you know Avengers Arena. Um, but she flees the scene, and the demon's like still on stage, and he's like, "What's her problem?" <laughs> like he's <laughs> horribly injured, and he's just like, "Well, that was weird." And then they just go back to fighting. Oh my god. So I kind of like the idea that they can't necessarily die, but it's more like an eternal damnation type thing, because it's not hell. They specifically say it's just called Hell City because uh, someone's kids named it that as a joke. That's a good thing. And it just stuck. It, it's like like a little Italy or a Chinatown. Like it, a it's like hell. the hell <laughs> it's the hell district of this city. Hell's kitchen, except it's actually hell. Hell's Kitchen, oh Hell is capitalized. Yes. Oh my god. Hell's living room. See, that's the thing though, is that Hell's Kitchen would have also just been a really good name for this place. Yeah. <laughs> now, I like to think Gordon Ramsay is canon in the Marvel Universe, so I don't think they can use that name. But I bet they considered it. Litigious people again. I can look it up. Okay. Let's see. Last thing before we move on, we have to find out, is Gordon Ramsay canon in Marvel in Marvel Comics? I mean, he has to be. <laughs> yes. There's a mention of Gordon Ramsay in Earth 616 in Secret Avengers Volume 3, Issue 12. They just mentioned him. Came out in 2015. He is just mentioned. Okay. But he's got a page on Marvel. That has a wiki page. That is our fucking dictionary today. That is our source material. (laughs) We are coming back to this at every opportunity. Absolutely. Love it. I've got a page open. Thank you. This whole time. Okay. Moving on. I believe this is the most recent addition to this list. Um, This comes to us from um, 2021's The Human Target. Um, which is another Tom King book. I don't know why. I, I don't know what's up with Tom King and his love of like including fictional restaurants in his DC comics. But like that's the last thing we need to be worrying about with Tom King. That's like, true. That's true. Bigger fish to fry. <laughs> A lot of bigger fish to fry. You know, he's he, you know, I think what what what's worse, making Adam Strange a war criminal. Or having Booster Gold open up a bagel bagel place in a strip mall. Because we are talking about Booster's Bagels, which is... Booster Gold, I've mentioned on this podcast so much, is a character near and dear to my heart. I, I love the man who comes from the 25th century to become a superhero, but only for, like, the fame and fortune aspects. And this seems like another one of his get-rich-quick schemes. It's like in a strip mall next to a nail salon. So, you know, like he found this real estate and he was like, I'm going to just open something up here. Like, this is probably like the bones of another restaurant, I think. And we, we with this one, we don't have like a full menu, but we have like specific ingredients for the perfect everything bagel, as he calls it which includes um, sesame seeds from ancient Babylon, poppy seeds from ancient Sumer, and onions from ancient China. So man just traveled back in time, stole some poor farmer's (laughs) harvest, 
and is using them to open a bagel place. I would like, in the spirit of Booster Gold, to take us all back in time for a moment to oh 2005, where the plot of this episode is like very close to this. From the show The Fairly Odd Parents, episode The Big Bash. Timmy, Cosmo, and Wanda race against other kids and their fairy godparents in a scavenger hunt across time that ends up being the ingredients for Cupid's breakfast. Oh my, oh my god. god. They got like a dinosaur egg. They got uh, there was something with the gold where it was edible, but they got like a leprechaun's gold. They got all of these different ingredients across time. And <laughs> but it was the whole thing. They didn't know that's what it was for. They were just gathering these ingredients, and then at the very end, Cupid was like, "Yeah, this is for my breakfast. I made like it looks like a toaster strudel pastry, and you, know, you some have eggs. unlocked a memory that was locked in the deep recesses of my mind because I remember watching this episode. We are we implying on this podcast right now that Tom King stole from Butch Hartman in two thousand five. <laughs> Is that what is that what's happening right now? Yes, so. that's what we're implying. Definitively. Oh my god! As soon as I was looking over those pages, I was like, "Wow, getting ingredients across time. Why does that seem but mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was a memory?" Whoa. I also feel like this is just such a terrible thing for him to do ethically because that bag of onions is like a like a winter's worth of produce yeah. for like back in the day. He's going to make like $2 in margins per each time he uses one of those onions. That is like their livelihood. Come on, Booster. I expect better. Booster doomed a couple of families here. Yeah, <laughs> like three families for sure. And how do we know? Farmers. Yeah, like how do we know that this this get rich quick scheme doesn't have an extreme effect on the timeline? Dang, I, and we'll never know. Also, my question is though, is that like he says there, you know, it's onions from even ancienter China, meaning that it what predates uh, ancient Sumer. Uh, so, in the baskets, they're pictures of white onions, but I would imagine they'd be more like scallions, is what oh you would God. get from ancient China. Like, so these are, these would technically, like, everything bagels with scallions instead of, like, Wait, okay, white that onions. actually sounds kind of good. I love scallions, so <laughs> I, like, Literally. put them on anything and I'll eat um, it. The reason that, like, this one, more than anything else, stuck out to me, where I was like, I need to talk about this one specifically, was because this comes back to a period of my life where, like, I was in high school, I was working a job at a bagel place in a strip mall, very close to a nail salon and a dry cleaners, and I was like, oh... This is definitely the place that employs, like, a bunch of, like, teenagers. hmm And, you know, he's probably not the worst boss, I think. Well, I, I think we've proved, we've proved otherwise. He is a pretty bad boss, or a, at least a bad business manager here. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, what, what a mess. What a, what a mess of an organization. I would love to see his tax forms. Yeah. Like, I would just love to see how he's filing all this. 
it's totally like a tax write-off. Yeah. All yeah, of I, it, the, whole the whole thing. thing. Okay. There is something that I need to mention because I reluctantly, because I, so as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I am not the biggest fan of Tom King because I have said that there are like only three good things that I think he's ever written, which some of them will get covered this year, actually, on the podcast. But um, I'm reading The Human Target month to month simply because I am a big fan of the Justice League International. And this entire story is a murder mystery involving the members of the Justice League International. And so, like, the, the, the bagel place is an extremely important plot element as, as far up as I have read, because I am caught up with the series. Because, because the bagel place, Booster has, like, an unknown business partner. And, like, it's the mystery of, like, who is this unknown business partner? Because then in issue four, Christopher Chance goes to Ted Cord to be like, hey, did you get, are you Booster's un, unknown business partner? And he was like, no, I, I, he didn't come to me for any loans or anything. I, but then, but then John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, came to me and asked, like, I need to give Booster this money. And so he gave, the Blue Beetle gives the money to the Martian Manhunter, who gives the money to Booster Gold, and it's like you still don't know who this business partner is. Huh. The Bagel Place is an important plot point, and it is driving me insane. I love that it's so central. That's so good. I love that they decided to make this a central narrative point, is him owning a franchise. Him, and I think that's fantastic. Franchising a Bagel Place, is it a weirder... Well... <laughs> The way the Justice League International is portrayed here is like kind of good, kind of bad. Guy Gardner is a jealous ex the entire time who gets violent, which, you know, I wouldn't expect anything else from the asshole Green Lantern, but it gets bad. It gets too bad. Uh. I don't know if I like this series, but I have to keep reading because it is going <laughs> to kill me if I don't find out what the deal with this bagel place is. It's only going to lead to heartbreak, I can tell you now. <laughs> I know. I know. But you'll know what happens with the bagel place, so who's really winning? <laughs> exactly. Okay, next on the list, I'm going to skip over the next one because... I want to do that near the end because that is a real place and we need to talk about the real place last. Yes. Um, Lainey, would you like to take uh, Planet Krypton? I would love to talk about Planet Krypton. Okay. So this was in like a really short run uh, back in the 60s, I believe. And it's kind of a Planet Hollywood-esque restaurant that was in Kingdom Come. Um, and it is just all these DC heroes. It's kind of similar to Batburger in the way that the people dress up as the heroes. So in the panels, we see like, there's a Wonder Woman waitress. We got like an Aquaman, a Green Lantern look going. It's pretty good. Um, and there's, it's just really important for me personally to talk about the exterior of this building. So it's kind of like Planet Hollywood. There's a big planet, uh, Krypton sign. It has like Krypton. There's like spaceships coming out of it and they have cutouts of old heroes in front of it and one of them they chose to like add to the front is Lobo which I thought was a really interesting decision uh because he's up there with like the Flash you know Wonder Woman Green Lantern Mr. Elastic a Plastic Man excuse me I'm in the wrong universe in my head <laughs> Mr. Plastic Elastic Man. Mr. Elastic is present no he is not <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like this way to like try and remember heroes is what's happening like narratively in the story. But again, just really interested with Lobo being a choice to add. Who would you put on the front of this building? Why isn't Superman there? It's Planet Krypton, yeah, right? Like, he's he, like Batman Wait. in the picture. Batman is on this like on the opposite side of the building, separate fully from anyone, and you can't see any other cutouts next to his. So like, is it just Batman all by his lonesome on the like? left-hand side at the front of the building i wouldn't have in any or other is way. superman just hiding That's you know such I, a good question so who is that next I mean, to lobo who is that i don't know <laughs> it's just a kid <laughs> it's just a child child. <laughs> shaggy it's shaggy <laughs> they look like shaggy it wasn't me it also i i want to talk about the exterior <sighs> a bit more because this is a warehouse. <laughs> this is just... It's an emporium. This is just a warehouse. And, you know... They blew their budget on cutouts. <laughs> I, I, I have to touch on... It's not just spaceships coming out of the planet Krypton. Like, the planet is destructing. Like, it's chunks of the planet are shooting out from it. It, so this is like <laughs> maybe that's why Superman doesn't have a cutout on it because this is a very like personal thing to him. Like <laughs> Krypton was destroyed. Wait, what if he's in the rocket ship? <laughs> Whoa! What if that's there's like nice. a little cutout baby Kal-el just waving? Damn, we would have to get that marketing person a raise. That's like some good merchandising and on the on the inside here. It's very much like a planet of Hollywood where like there's memorabilia everywhere, but the way it's displayed on the wall like this, it's, it's a TGI Fridays. This looks like a TGI Fridays. Mm -hmm. It's a fast cash restaurant for sure. And the menu, the menu is very extensive. They have some decent puns. I have a list of all of them. That is also from our favorite resource, dc.fandom.com. Um, now, get them a raise. We have the American Way. We have Black Condor. Condor. We have the Giant Turtle Soup. We have Man of Beef instead of Man of Steel. We also just for fun have a beef bourguignon dish. That's it, no oh pun. God. It's just beef bourguignon. Um, there is. I can. I cannot say this. I should have asked beforehand. How do you say? The mixipolic, mixipolic, I think. I think this is great audio. Mixpitlic? Mixpitlic. There's a mixpitlic mozzarella, which sounds like mozzarella sticks. I thought it was a pizza. Oh, maybe that. There's a starro casserole. Like, there's some really solid choices at this establishment. I have to mention my favorite um Dial H for Hoagie. It's just a sandwich. It's. Like, so the pun there isn't has nothing to do, though, with, like, any of the heroes. Like, that's just a dial M for murder pun. <laughs> so... Actually, if I can use my insane, deep knowledge of obscure uh, DC media for a second, there was a... What else are you here there for? There was a series called Dial H for Hero in, like, the 60s or the 70s. That was specifically, it was a proto Ben 10, I think, because I've never read any of it. But it was, a, it was about a guy, a kid who finds this dial. And every time he spins to one of the dial, 
one of the numbers on the dial, he turns into a different superhero. It's just Ben 10, but this came first. Whoa. We are exposing the comic book to kids' cartoons in the 2000s <laughs> pipeline here. We're blowing it wide open. And vice open. versa, because Fairly Odd Parents is the yeah. show. Yeah. I'm oh glad we're wow. touching on two of my biggest hyperfixations. Children's cartoons from the 2000s and themed restaurants. <laughs> what more do you need? Nothing else. True that. So I want I want to throw one more thing out because there is a panel at where like this older woman is speaking to trying to speak to a manager or a host or something. And this takes place in like the far future of the DC universe. And this woman is implied to be fire, a member of the Justice League International. And she is specifically asking for booster. This is another booster gold joint. This. Is it a scam? Does this one feel like a scam, everyone? A hundred percent. This man is, like, creating just fronts for businesses. Once again, I am begging, begging to see his tax records. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to, like, touch on some real-world stuff about um, Planet Hollywood for a second, because... Um, I have mentioned I haven't mentioned this before on the podcast, but I've told so many people about Podcast the Ride, one of my favorite like theme park themed entertainment podcasts. They recently did an entire month of celebrity owned themed restaurants and Planet Hollywood was one of them. And they talk about how in the later years of Planet Hollywood, it's basically become a front for fraud. And, like, in the 90s, it was, like, marketed as, like, oh, you know, Stallone and Willis and Schwarzenegger, they're all a part of this. They all franchised all of this. None of them are presumably in on it anymore, I think. Oh, my God. So I think think the, the theory here is that Booster Gold, like, brought in all of his hero friends for a, for a bit. Like, they franchised it all out. There's a lot of locations. He started stealing money from them. <laughs> and they're all trying to pull out. Booster Gold oh, would be really, really good at multi-level marketing. He would. He would love multi-level marketing. He would love Scientology, too. Oh, but my God. <laughs> he is. He is, I am, He is my favorite character in DC Comics. He is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one last thing before we move on from Planet Krypton. Bruce Wayne food crime number two. (laughs) Number two. Count him. Listen here, audience. Bruce Wayne orders a steak. Well done. Your thoughts. (laughs) Cena, would you like to defend this billionaire? I can only eat steak well done. I hate seeing, like, any sense of juice or blood or whatever it is. Trips up my brain and I cannot eat it. It's a texture thing for me. It has to be, like, I I, I can't do, I I cannot do rare or anything close to that type of meat. Uh, So I made the defense that maybe Bruce Wayne orders a well-done steak because he also does not like the texture. And you're all may I take the bench? Yes, you can take the bench. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now, the defense has stated here that there is a very fair concern that Bruce may not be a big fan of certain textures. That's fine and all. But he's a billionaire. (laughs) And I can't forgive that. Um, Exactly. So... All I'm saying is that if you go to a like a meeting with a ton of other billionaires and you are all sitting around and you say, I would like my well-done steak with ketchup, please, you deserve to get bullied just a little bit. Thank yep. you, your honor. Re- people, common, the common people of the world, I can forgive you for eating well-done steak. It is, I know there are certain texture things that I can't deal with. Mm-hmm. And... It's and it's like it is a thing where I completely understand. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a lot of money, you don't deserve that right. Pick a struggle. <laughs> if you are a billionaire and you have to eat your steaks or your meats well done, donate everything you have right now. Yeah. Facts. Use use the money you would have spent on more well done steaks. <laughs> to, like, fund, like, food outreach programs and sustainable yeah, farming. Are starving and you're having well-done steak at a Planet Hollywood knockoff? Billionaires and their well-done steaks. Maybe if they stopped buying well-done steaks, they'd be able to, like, afford things in this economy. So true. Say that. <laughs> you know, you want to take the next, the next one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, next up, we have... <laughs> Uh, Duck Bucket. Duck Bucket was created by Mark Wade and Evan Shaner for S.H.I.E.L.D. Volume 3, Issue 10. Uh, Duck Bucket is a another front business, this one belonging to S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically. Uh, Howard the Duck was asked to rendezvous at this restaurant, and he considered it extremely offensive. I have to read uh, his... <laughs> I have to read from the panel of him standing outside the front of it. He goes, peachy spot for a rendezvous. Can't wait to retweet your abject apology to my 17 followers. (laughs) Which I love because that implies (laughs) that Duck Bucket has a Twitter account and will do notes app apologies. They have to. Or Or it's like a statement where it's like, we're sorry you feel that way or something. It's definitely going to be one We're of those. Sorry, social... we offended you. It's definitely one of those social media accounts with, that tries to pretend to be like a person, like a Wendy's or like a Burger King, where they really parasocial. And yeah. like, you're like, God, I've had such a terrible day. Someone cheer me up. Send me a photo of your favorite duck bucket meal. Also, I just really like the, the logo is really good. I won't lie. It's a duck and it's sitting in a bucket. Imagine that for a moment, dear listener. But it's pretty good. I have to touch, too, on the menu. There's only three items listed on the sign itself. We have fried duck. We have bacon duck, which I like to think is, like, bacon wrapped around duck, which is pretty highbrow, I'd say. Like, bacon wrapped around, like, chicken or duck is, like, pretty not a, like, fast food type food. Mm -hmm. And the last one, cheesy duck with ranch. That is not kosher, nor halal. <laughs> None of these words are in the Bible. I, I don't think you, you, if you, 
the thought of cheese and ranch, like those two flavors. It's the thing. Cheesy chicken with, and it's it's actually it's not like ranch sauce. It's just the ranch seasoning, like from a packet, where right. you can like make chicken with that. So that I did look it up because I was curious because I'm like, what the hell is cheesy duck with ranch? Is that even a dish? But cheesy chicken with ranch came up, and it's just that like ranch uh, powder coated chicken. Okay, but not something I'd want anywhere near like my tongue or mouth or just person in general. Don't want it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this question to the two of you. Have you have either of you had duck before? I love duck. I have not. Okay, I've, I've only several times. I love. I've it. only ever had duck once on like a cruise in like a fancy restaurant Ooh. when I was like 14. So like my my palate had not developed yet. I was very much a cheeseburger kid mm-hmm. or chicken, mm-hmm. and and that was it for a lot of things. But um. I was I was very much like, oh, this is a flavor that I do not <laughs> it's a like. Texture. It really it's a than... texture thing. It is a texture thing. It's a fatty Texture's kind of bird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would try this. I would go to Duck Bucket. I think it'd be, and this is the one I've been most willing to try on the list so far, just because it's really intriguing me. I would try the bacon duck. I would give it another chance. I. My favorite thing is, but like, this looks like corner store, like, not a great looking, like, it, it just, it looks very cheap to me, the sign. Like, I, I feel like, I know for myself, I've been in cities where I've seen them where it's just like, old, like, plastic sign, probably like, faded or burnt looking from the sun, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many teens do you think have graffitied that sign to say, fuck bucket? So many. So like- many. Like, even if they don't know that there's, like, a governmental connection to it, like... Cock bucket. <laughs> in shit. the last... Like, you could do cock cuck it. In there the last two... couple of years, I think that has really taken off. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if, if as many people graffiti this sign as they did with stealing a letter off like the sign in my in the town I grew up in. Yes. Yes, I think absolutely. This is a trend amongst teens. I have my suggestion or question to you guys. Because for me this is clearly supposed to be like a KFC type thing with the bucket. So if it's supposed to be like KFC do you think they also had like really weird promo food? Like when KFC did the double down where it was just two slices of fried chicken as the bread? I've never heard of this. What are you talking about? Right you don't know now? about the double down? What the, the hell KFC is the double down? double down? Okay. I will I will take this. The double down is a sandwich with like in between the sandwich are it's just cheese and bacon. But the bread and the sauce. Yes, there is a sauce as well, but the bread is two chicken tenders. Okay, I have notes. This sounds like the French <laughs> thing from earlier. Um, this is this is an abstract idea, and I do not stand for it. I am I am looking up a picture right now. Are you implying that they would do a double down with duck? Yes. 
I think they called it the Duckle Down. <laughs> oh, oh my no. god. Oh no, I'm looking up pictures of the double down. They did a quadruple down. Yep. <laughs> That's disgusting. So bad. Okay. Like, I'm just not to judge opinions here. Like, do what you want with your food. Love what you like to eat. Enjoy eating. Eating is fun. This sounds atrocious. I, I just sent a visual. I, I just sent a picture, a visual. That's no, better than the one that's mind. on Wikipedia. The picture on Wikipedia is so bad. Yeah, because they use an actual... They use, like, what it actually looks like. <laughs> Instead of that food art. Oh my god. This is terrible. Everyone this look is, up the double down right now. KF, this, is what, this is what it actually looks like. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, that's about right. This does not look appetizing, folks. And I think that Duck Bucket definitely had it. The Duckle Down. Um, also, a just fantastic name. Great work, Thank Zena. You. Um, Thank you. Do you... My next question, then, is... Do you think there are other Duck Buckets? Do they have combination Duck Buckets with, like, Marvel Taco Bells? I bet... I'm at the Duck Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the Deadpool chimichanga stand. I'm at the combination <laughs> duck bucket Deadpool chimichanga stand. Whoa. Oh, I'm about to blow this case wide open. Oh my god, this is so good. You guys want to move on to the next one? Yes. Would love to. Uh, <laughs> this one is I don't have as much for this one. It's more it it kind of leads into what I had next. Uh, but this one is the Never Say Diner. It appeared once. It was uh, created by Roy Thomas and Werner Roth for X-Men Volume 1, Number 31. It was a diner located near Jean Grey's dorm at Metro College. So, my notes for this. This comic came out in 1967. Uh, so, what made them name it this? That Like, that's not... <laughs> it, it was a pun but not necessarily a marvel type pun and also not necessarily something i'd want associated with food so pre this comic that phrase is tied to a few books and movies and other things with that same name there was the memoir never say die which came out in 1961 the 1950 british comedy don't say die alternative title never say die the 1939 romantic comedy starring bob hope the 1924 silent comedy of the same name, or my personal favorite, the thoroughbred racing horse who was born in 1951 and was alive at the time of this comic. Why? I bet it was the horse. <laughs> the horse was, was never horse. say die. The horse was named Never Say Die. That is setting that horse up for failure. That horse will die. That horse is dead. Never say that. Never. Well, I'm sorry. That, aren't that like horse Kentucky is alive Derby horses? Today. Aren't like Kentucky Derby horses like named after like have like the most insane names sometimes? Yeah. There are so many like rules and bylaws about what a horse is able to be named. It's wild. I did look this up one time. Well, we've passed the traditional podcast milestone of talking about horse, a horse <laughs> in some some way. And, and you know, piss also came up at this earlier in this episode. Mazel, we've done it. Checking, <laughs> put it on the board. The we got there. Boxes. So, uh, 
I think the next couple before we get to like the big real one that I wanted to talk about. Um, the next, all of these next ones are like honorable mentions, sort of. We're just gonna marathon through these. Uh, and pizza fish. Uh, yes. We, let's let's do pizza fish first. Yes. And then we and then we can like go through the honorable mentions, then the big real one. Perfect. Lainey, what is pizza fish? I would love to talk about pizza fish. Thank you so much for bringing me on pizza fish. Titans Rebirth. The year is twenty sixteen. Uh, it's actually 2017 when we get to this point. So there is a pizza brand in apparently where they live in New York that is called Pizza Fish. And as one may assume, you're like, pizza and fish don't go together unless you eat anchovies, in which case I'm not talking to you. Um, this is introduced <laughs> pretty early on when they're all moving into the tower together. The whole point of this whole like rebirth, I could talk about it for a very long time there's a lot of mind like everyone got their mind wiped and so now we're all living together and don't really remember our history um but anyways they're all moving in they're all having pizza fish and enjoying it while they're getting ready um then it becomes an antagonistic force in the 14th um in the 14th issue of the um of the run where an atlantean group puts like fish poison on top of them from like a wholesale center uh, which implies that it's a chain, which is very intriguing to me. Um, what's also intriguing to me is that they, in this same run, refer to several actual real-life like locations in New York. Like this place called Gadios Diner. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. I'm not Italian. Um, it is a real place with like a real address and times. So <laughs> I love that they made up this one just so they could fight it. Now, we don't, unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I have so many thoughts about this. We don't get to see a menu. But we do get to see the ingredients blow up around them while they're fighting. So, I think we could reverse engineer what some of the topping options are. So, we do get to see, like, Garth of uh, Shearis, he's eating some pizza. And he's like, don't eat this pizza. It is poisoned. Your stupid land-dwelling mouths can't taste that it's poison like I can. Uh, just love that guy. Anyways, um, it looks like it's like a supreme situation with, like, some peppers, mushroom, cheese, pepperoni, you know. Kind of the generic look. Um, but in the fight, we see some boxes blowing up. Um, we also see, like, some, like, fruit flying around. So there's bananas and pineapples and oranges. I would love to see what you guys think should go, where that goes at a pizza parlor. I have, uh, I, I specifically, as soon as you said bananas, I'm like, I know about bananas on pizza. And so that set me down, uh, down the, the track that I went. Um, so... First, I'll touch on the banana pizza. Uh, now, these are all international pizzas. These are not from, like, America. Specifically, they are from uh, Scandinavia. So the first one is, it's very popular in Sweden. It's called the Africana. has bananas, sometimes pineapple, curry powder, crushed peanuts, and chicken or ham. Interesting. Also, uh, they're... Touching on the fish pizza, uh, anchovies are not the only fish that go on pizzas. Again, still from uh, Scandinavia, we have 
this one is very specific to Finland. It's called the Special Opera. It is sold at this chain called Koti Pizza, and it has ham, salami, and tuna on it. And my personal favorite, this one is actually full Italian. This is the Frutti de, uh, Frutti di Mare. It has scampi, mussels, and squid. No cheese on it, it's just on a tomato sauce. And served like that. My theory, though, because this is comics, is that they sell what is called the Frutti di Mare, which has fruits in addition to seafood on top of a pizza. The most divisive pizza I could come up with. Yeah. And that's from the Italy. Worst possible pizza. The, the fruit isn't on the Italian one, but yeah, I liked the thought of a pun for them selling a fruity di mare. Because, like, fruit pizza is a thing, like dessert pizza. Mm. My, my sister used to work at this place uh, called Pizza Ranch in. Uh... <laughs> I knew you Love would pizza know ranch. it. Uh, she used to work at a pizza ranch, and, like, I knew they had, like, type of d- dessert pizzas. I'm pretty sure, like, CeCe's has them. Um, it's, it's a, I feel like that's more common, is dessert pizza. So fruit on pizza on its own is not necessarily, like, a crime. It's just not with tomato sauce or cheese or anything. It's usually, like, cream cheese frosting or something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> putting fruit on the seafood pizza is where it gets so bad my real important question where do we all stand on the pineapple on pizza debate no i say it belongs interesting (laughs) you're the deciding vote here (laughs) yes i am my my take is so pretentious and rude i i think it's fine if it's not wet like if you just pour a can of pineapple on a pizza that is a crime. But if it's like, if it applies to the palate and applies to the pizza, that's fine. Do what you want. Love wins. But I'm not big on on a soggy pizza in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I coming back to the seafood pizza, I did have shrimp on a pizza once, but it was like cocktail shrimp. So it was like, it wasn't like good like scampi shrimp or anything it was just like it again it was wet it, it was a it was another texture so thing unfortunate. Mm. That's, like not that. my, that's not my bag uh, we also see blowing up though beyond the fruit we see boxes that are labeled and of the things in there that i think are worth of note one is labeled gmo water meaning genetically modified organism water fascinating There's also bags of gluten, soda, and then fish food, which implies they raise the fish and then slaughter them there. Which is just even more like, I am fascinated by this. And I need to really, I cannot overstate, this is only in two, count them, one, two comics in this run. But there is so much to unpack with pizza fish. I have to say the bags of gluten is what held me up because like, is it bags of like gluten flour, like wheat flour? Why is it labeled just bags of gluten? That's not something that you can buy. It's a flour. That's the protein that's within the flours. Or my other thought is that there is, uh, it's called seitan. It's like a, a wheat meat. It's a glutenated meat. Uh, yeah. or you know, fake meat. Uh, so is it is like is that what's in the bags that it's this fake like gluten meat? Or is it just flour? Or 
is it, if they're selling genetically modified water, do they just have somehow bags of gluten free of wheat or flour or anything else? It's just gluten. And we are going to move on to honorable mentions. So uh, if we're just going to rapid fire these ones off really quick because... We have other things that we gotta we gotta talk about. Um, let's just start with Clown Town. Uh, Clown Town appears only in Earth Six Five, which was uh, with uh, Gwen Stacy as Spider Woman. Um, apparently, Jester likes their burgers. They're famous for their curly fries. They have curly straws that come with their drinks. Uh, apparently, it's a phrase that if you say something is Clown Town curly fries, that's like that's bonkers, is what you're saying. Uh, it comes up more than once where they use the phrase Clown Town Curly Fries to describe something as, like, wild. Uh, got really creepy clown servers. Like, really creepy. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. This one looks like he would murder me. And uh, it's just got a huge ball pit, a lot of, like, tubes and slides. Uh, one of the only menu items listed besides, like, generic burger and fries is you can get a fried peanut butter cup and dip it in butter. <laughs> if I can come to the defense of Clown Town for a moment. Yes, please. Take the stand. Fried, like, candy bars, and, like, I don't know if you've, you've all been to, like, state fairs and stuff, mm-hmm. but fried candy bars, fried peanut butter cups, primo, primo shit. It's good. I do oh, not no. condone dipping it in butter, like, actual butter. Ugh. That's so bad. Uh, and just a real quick special shout out because it was from the same issues is there was a uh, peanut stand in Manhattan uh, called Squirrel Earls. Gwen bought uh, cashews from there and I just love the name. It had a giant squirrel head on the stand and I, I don't know if the guy running it was named Earl or if that was just the name of the stand. But it just had, was. I had to mention it. Okay, uh, next, the Eat More Corporation. Eat More Corporation, Marvel's version of Chick-fil-A. Uh, not enough time or energy to truly unpack the concept of this. Uh, apparently, Magneto had killed the CEO of Eat More Corporation's daughter, and as a result, the CEO became very staunchly anti-mutant and refused to serve them. And so then there was this big outcry of, like, how dare you not serve mutants? But this is the equivalent of if this is Chick-fil-A of, like, an LGBT person murdering the CEO of Chick-fil-A's child. And then the CEO, as a result of that, is like, well, I guess I hate gay people now. (laughs) I guess now I'm homophobic. Love to go on record right now and say Magneto was right. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Um... Okay, that's all we need to mention about the Eat More Corporation. Nothing um, else. Next on the list, Burger Frog. I can take this one. This exists in the Ultimate Universe, and this is where Teenage Ultimate Peter Parker gets a job, and it's a frog-themed McDonald's. Well, that. I, I have to just touch the servers behind the counter are wearing what look like dead Kermits on their heads for hats. Like it has the they have the Kermit eyes. It's it's not just like frog eyes. Like they they look like the little Kermit eyes in the panel, which is wild to me. And in the far end of this one panel, like this guy is wearing what I presume is a burger frog themed hat, and it's got like the classic Kermit head of like the 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 two parts of the head and like the red mouth. So it's 
They killed Kermit. They killed Kermit. They killed Kermit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, next, we have uh, all three of these together. We have Barstucks, we have Stark Bucks, and then Stark Bucks, but with a space in between. For some reason, that's different. Uh, Barstucks is in Earth 616. Uh, Peter goes there and buys burritos from there for breakfast, which is wild to me because Barstucks is clearly Starbucks. Uh, the next two are both in Earth 65, Earth 91918. Uh, run by Tony Stark. He is, in addition to his philanthropy and arms dealing and everything else in Gwen's universe, uh, he opened up, you know, Stark Bucks. Uh, but in Earth 91918, which is Spider Ben and Spider Pete, uh, Peter saves Uncle Ben's life with a blood transfusion, but as a result gives Uncle Ben spider powers. Uh, in that universe, uh, Oscorp swindled people out of Brooklyn homes, and Ben Parker thought that it was to build a new Starbucks, which to me tells me that Norman Osborne owns Barstucks, then got hit with a lawsuit by Tony Stark, so he started franchising under Starbucks. What? That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Norman! It's it's so fitting to me. That is so something he would do. This is insane. I you I feel so enlightened right now. I I just I had stumbled upon it and I'm like, why are there three different names for the same like charity company? <laughs> yeah. Um also okay. in Tim uh Tim Drake run we have McDonald's which is like McDonald's but with a W there's nothing different and he just drives by it. And that's but... also a that's also a manga or an anime it's, thing. It's so classic in manga and anime. Uh there's that's also where you get like brands like Pepsi which is just Pepsi with a B. Uh it, so often that happens where it's literally just like one letter. There's actually one that was like McDonald's where they just took the McDonald's M and turned it on its side to make it an E. So yeah. there's Wack Donald's where it's spelled out W A C Donald's. Absolutely insane. I love fake names in anime. And last honorable mention before we get to my personal favorite of this list, uh, Lainey, do you want to take this one? I would love Pops Chocolate Shop. Cannot not talk about Archie if I'm on a comic podcast. We're not here to talk about Riverdale. This is owned by the Tate family for over 60 years. First appearance in 1941. Come on now. Uh, they have everything you could want. Pizza, burgers, hot dogs, ice creams, shakes, and fries. It helped idealize diner culture in America alongside Happy Days. Um, and there is a real one. And there are themed ones based off of the four characters in... Um, Archie comics. So Stra Archie has a strawberry apple pie shake. Betty has a banana caramel pecan. Uh, Jughead has a Jolly Rancher flavored one. And Veronica has a cherry cola shake. And they sound delicious. They all sound amazing. Yeah, I know. Like, when you first think of, like, the Jolly Rancher one, it makes me think of, like, that that, I don't know if you've seen the Sour Patch Kids ice cream. Mm -hmm. That isn't good. But Jolly Rancher Shake sounds great. That was just... I, yeah. I, I imagine it'd be more like... Because they're not sour, it's just like, you know, candied fruit flavor. So I mm. imagine it would be more like a fruit-type milkshake instead. Which yeah. is... I think that sounds great. 
I feel like you have to chop them up because they're just, it'd be kind of cumbersome if it was just large Jolly Rancher chunks. Ooh. You'd have to get them like really small. Yeah. I just had that unlocked a memory for me real quick. Quick Jolly Rancher sidebar. Uh, this would have been back in the 90s. I don't know if it was late 90s, early 2000s. They made this change. Uh, Jolly Ranchers are now round. Like the, they're like little round logs. Mm-hmm. Did not used to be. They used to be square. Like not and, like there were little square Jolly Ranchers, but like they used to be like little cubed logs, uh, which if you accidentally swallow Jolly Rancher nowadays, still scary, but like it's a tube shape. It's just going to go straight down. It's not going to necessarily get stuck when they were cube shaped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have a strong memory of choking on one as a child. Uh, far more frightening. So just had to quickly add that. Choke it on the Minecraft blocks. Nineties were a lawless land. Nineties, <laughs> they is didn't this, care. Is, is this like a Mandela effect thing? Is this? Am I in a different universe? This would have been I. I like explicit memory. Kodiak, Alaska. I was like in the kitchen with my dad. I was eating a Jolly Rancher, and I started to choke, and it just got stuck. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, moving on from that. Um, this is the last restaurant we are going to talk about before we get into our own pitches. Um, this place, allow me to take you back to the year 1998. Um, this is Marvel Mania. This is a real place that existed in Universal Studios Hollywood that was open from the years 1998 to 1999 and it was basically a marvel themed planet hollywood and it because it was a joint venture between universal studios marvel entertainment and planet hollywood and it was like it presented all this marvel memorabilia as like actual things so there was like green goblin masks avengers id cards spider-man's belt as if it all was like real shit and we have a full menu thanks to an imger post um and i just want to highlight a couple of things on this menu first off this isn't a menu item this is how they measure like how spicy a specific um food item is they'll have a little graphic of like of Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four. So if it's a little spicy, it's just Johnny Storm with his arm ignited in full flame. And then if it's if it's got if it's got some potent spice, like half his body is on fire. And if it's a really spicy dish, it's the full human torch. That's amazing. This is six pages. This is a six page menu. This is a cheesecake factory menu. This is massive. <laughs> the the graphic design that has gone into this is impeccable. It's, it's I, so good. I want to know who did this art because it feels like Marvel just got one of their like big artists that was working on something for them at the time to do all this art. This I don't think it is Jim Lee, but I think this looks like his Jim Jim Lee's X-Men designs. It's very much similar. Yeah. Also, remember remember when you go could go to a high upscale like themed restaurant and all the menu items were under ten dollars? Yeah, these prices, I feel insane. There are ribs for fifteen ninety five. 
I couldn't. I uh, specifically Ghost Rider's ribs. Thank you very much. They are they are Johnny Blaze's ribs. Um, there are a couple of there are some menu items I want to call attention to. Um, specifically under the category of sandwiches, which are obviously named for Stanley himself. Um, Daredevil's Roasted Billy Club. What a name. What a name. It's a chicken club sandwich named after the thing that Daredevil fights with. Oh my god. I looked it up. I found the artist. Yeah? Uh, It is, I don't know, uh, I don't know if this is right pronunciation, Weiringo? It's W-I-E-R- uh, Mike Waringo? Yes, he was the artist according to uh my Google search. He was he was like one of like the big Marvel artists in the 90s. Yeah. He and Mark Wade did a huge Fantastic Four run that was like definitive. They got an actual good artist to do this. To draw yep. characters next to things like the Rainbow Bridge nachos. <laughs> There's pretty good drink list on here um there's one called asgard that's looking kind of nice it's a vodka drink has some cranberry and lime um there's a mango tea there's like some pretty good looking this would devour today like this would be insanely like successful if this was to launch today people would yeah people would go would go to this this Um, would have like reservations for weeks Yes. A hundred percent. Would you, I have told both of you why this place closed, but I will explain it again to the audience. So this was located right like near the entrance of Universal Studios in Hollywood. And you could go in and not even go to the park. You could go in and just have a meal there. But there was also an entrance to the, to the Universal Studios Hollywood. And that entrance wasn't heavily guarded because this is 1998. And it started to shut down because too many people were sneaking into the park without paying tickets. Tragedy. Shout out to those jeans. On too soon. On too soon. um, Storms Hurricane Shrimp. I'm very fond of the Lensian strawberry cake. That is grilled strawberry cake, it says. Just wild to me. For five fifty. It's insane. The sinister six layer cake for five ninety-five. Damn. That, costs run. Like, that costs like eighteen dollars at a restaurant for a slice like that. Yeah. There is Mom, one more yeah. thing I have to mention. Probably the most verbose name of one of these menu items. Under the Powerful Pastas section, the Linguini team-up featuring Mighty Meat Sauce. <laughs> 9.95. Whoa. Mighty Meat Sauce. I... Yeah. That's <laughs> like a bolognese, I think. That's my band name. That sounds so good. Italian meat sauce made with sausage, Roma tomatoes, onions, garlic, and a touch of cream tossed with linguine pasta. Oh, it sounds fantastic! I don't think any of this was, like, prepared with, like, 
good locally sourced ingredients. But... No, who cares? You're at like a freaking cheesecake factory. This is a TGI Fridays. You aren't here for the quality of food. You're here to see the Green Goblin mask on the wall and to sneak into Universal Studios. Exactly. Those are your two objectives. <laughs> I have one more menu item I want to shout out. It's the Iron Man burger. I will read this description out for both of you. A meatless patty made from fresh mushrooms, onions, grains, low-fat cheese season seasoning, and spices served on our multi-grain hero, ro hero roll supplies all the iron you'll need to be a superhero. <laughs> it's it's probably not good, but they were doing like meatless stuff before. Yeah, like that's an impossible for ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Dang. Yeah. That's not bad. Good on them. They had like a whole thing here. It sucks that it went away. It, like I said, it's it would do really well today. It would do so well. <sighs> Damn, okay. Marvel, call us. We're hey. going to launch off that burger, and we're also going to launch off um, Marvel we're Mania. We're going to bring back Marvel, Marvel Mania. I, you know, I had some other career options set up. But, you know, I think I'm going to go into the restaurant business. And I think I'm going to start... Very rewarding. Yeah, like, hey, we're not in a pandemic anymore, right? That's what a lot of people on the news are saying. Um, we, we can open up crowded themed restaurants now, and it'll surely work. We're getting loans. Sharks, if you would make an investment today... Just a quarter million dollars so we can get. Anyways, if anyone is listening with money, uh, send it to our account here. At Re at recommended reading. Thank you so, so much. Uh, contact us at mythonomicproductions at gmail.com if you'd like to sponsor us or offer any deals with us. Um, please. We will open a restaurant. We will open a restaurant. We can and if do you're that. not sold on these, we have some other ones we want to share with you. Yes. I would like to start with my pitch because I think we should build up to the most chaotic and Lainey sent us a message earlier today with something more chaotic than what I have. So I'm going to start with mine. So my favorite like type of I, I am very much of the school where um, meat plus hot coals and fire equals good. And I think there is a Marvel character that shares the same sentiment. And his name is Logan, or James Howlett, or Wolverine. So my restaurant pitch is a Planet Hollywood-type restaurant where the four people that went in on this are four experiments, members, survivors of the Weapon X or the Weapon Plus program. And they are Steve Rogers, Logan, Wade Wilson, and Phantom X from Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Phantom X so much. He's such a mess. So this is Weapon Yum. And let me, let me walk you through. Um, it looks, uh, the exterior looks like a cabin in the Canadian wilderness. And when you walk in, you have like two, you have three distinct like dining areas. You have the um, main dining area, which is very much like 
a like a, a wartime like place to get, get food, like a wartime slop shop. The bar area is a recreation of the Princess Bar from Madripoor, a place so specific to Logan and his adventures across the world. And for a hefty fee, you can pay to have your dinner in the world, the AI-generated reality that raised Phantom X with AI waiter with an AI wait staff. Oh my god. Oh my god. What I love about this is that the people who are involved with it. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. Do you have more? We, uh, I, yes. love, I love this. There are, there's decor, like, from their adventures all over the world with a special Wade Wilson touch. He's graffitied everywhere. Like, you can tell that Deadpool has been here. Now, I'm sure you're both wondering, what it, what's on the menu here? Yes. So I think it's like, I think three of the four took the food menu and Phantom X takes the drinks. That is, that is, that is my sort of theory here. And I think each of the three menu boys um, brings a distinct, a, a distinct, um, a, why, why am I, a distinct like take on their food. And I think I'll start with Deadpool because He's the one I thought of no puns for because I was at a point where I was like, I cannot think of any more like superhero restaurant puns. And so I think his section of the menu is very much like a Moe's Southwest Grill. Like it's very Tex-Mex. There's chimichangas, obviously. There's burritos and stuff and all that sort of thing. Um, Steve Rogers, it's like your classic American fare. It's burgers. It's sandwiches. I have the... (laughs) This is my worst pun. The Star Spangled Man with a burger. And it's just a cheeseburger. Um, you, you've also got um, Bucky's Red, White, and Black... I'm sorry. Bucky's Red, White, Black, and Blue Burger. It is a cracked pepper-infused patty with blue cheese on top. Oh, uh, God. You have um, Falcon Wings, which are just chicken wings. And then you have the U.S. Agent BLT, because I just wanted to put acronyms together. (laughs) Oh, my God, I love that so much. But Logan's section of the menu, um, it's very much evocative of his time traveling the world. I think he very much curates it with, like, various cultures, interpretations of, like, meat over hot coals or over fire so i think there's like there's shawarma there's classic like steak and burgers and stuff and i also think there's like because the frank miller chris claremont wolverine miniseries is so important to his character and that's all about him like being in japan with mariko yoshida Mm -hmm. i think there's like a specific yakitori section i think there's a lot of like grilled chicken and it's prepared authentically and then I have a couple other, I, I have two other menu items. You have the Colossus ribs, which are just big ribs. And you have the, the snicked skewers, which are like kebabs or meat on a skewer. And they're served in like a commemorative collectible, one of Logan's gloves. And like the claws are coming out, you get three oh to God. an order. Oh my God. 
and you can order these two. There. You can order these two items together. And what is it called? The fastball special. This is really good. I would go oh here. My God, this sounds uh, incredible. Oh my god. Um, I think for cocktails, I think since Phantom X is like French, there's a lot of like classically French cocktails, but then there's a lot of um, X-Men themed cocktails. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because we have so much more to get through, but I do want to shout out the Drink the X-Men Tumblr blog for a lot of ideas. Some of these are jokes, I think, but some of them actually sound like great cocktails. All right. Sina, do you want to go next? Uh, yes. So I feel mine is very great to be in the middle because mine are both. I have two ideas. Uh, they are half-baked ideas that I just went on vibes alone. Uh, my first one I had kind of mentioned previously, uh, which led to me looking up more information about a character who I did truly love, uh, was a battle world restaurant run by the Beyonder. Uh, Beyonder is a character who is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have a lot of emotions about him, um, but I, I, man, of all the just of all the wild things he did, he had to have had a restaurant in Battle World. Uh, yeah. He created something called the Beyonder Burger, which was sold there as like the hot ticket item at Battle World, and. My idea was that my original pitch was uh, ages later after Battle World, someone, you know, obviously invents Beyond Meat, copyrights it, uh, sells the Beyond Burger, which he then, I wrote that he comes back from the dead or whatever. I don't remember what happened last. Looked it up. Apparently the Beyonder, uh, after basically learning he wasn't special, because that was the whole thing with the Beyonders. He went by the name The Beyonder because he kind of thought he was like the last of the Beyonders. Uh, and was like the most special one, essentially. A lot of delusions, truly adore him. Um, and learned that like he basically was not special at all. He was a fragment of a cosmic cube and imperfect. And so as a result of learning that, he willingly allowed them to turn him back into the cube. He was merged with Molecule Man, who was also part of the cosmic cube. They formed a being called Cosmos, with a K, and at some point, Beyonder tried to take over Cosmos's mind and went nuts, apparently. Um, uh, which is very much for the Beyonder, and then it was just kind of not much left said about it. But yeah, <laughs> that's what he's been up to, apparently, since I last <laughs> checked in on him. <laughs> now he opens a burger place. And he reopens his burger place. I think he, he comes back fully, and he's just like, no, this was mine. I made this. And it's not beyond meat at all. It's just a regular meat burger. <laughs> so people go to his place expecting the Beyond <laughs> Burger. And he's like, no, it's the Beyonder Burger. It's meat. He would. Uh, my second half-baked idea is not so much... There's really not much to go on. Uh, I love that Agents of Atlas. I've talked with you many times about this. Uh one of my favorite runs, one of my favorite groups of all time. Uh, Atlas Foundation, the whole thing with them was when Jimmy Woo was uh, investigating them, he, everyone thought he was kind of like paranoid about it, but he had the idea. He's like, no, every organization that is named Atlas in the front of it is connected to the Atlas Foundation. And everyone's like, no, that's wild. Uh, it was. Uh, 
to they went to a place called Atlas Nursery, which was like just a nursery for you know plants. And lo and behold, it was connected to the evil organization, the Atlas Foundation, before Jimmy Woo and uh, the uh, the agents of Atlas took it over. Um, so my thought was uh, got a list of a couple different like businesses that they had, but one of them was Atlas Cookies. So I like to think that they had a bunch of just other Atlas restaurants or like fast food places and stuff. Uh, but because they have so many, like this has got to be an investment. Like it's not just a front at this point. <laughs> like you're putting in the effort for like a million different businesses. You've got to be making an effort to make sure that it like looks up and up, right? Because otherwise, it's like people would connect it otherwise. So <laughs> I love this idea, but it's like because it's named Atlas. I think in some business, like some of the businesses, like there's a Greek restaurant where it's like, oh, it's called Atlas because of the Greek god, you know, because of Atlas from Greek mythos. Or uh, there's one that's called Atlas, and it's like kind of TGI Fridays, but it's all, like, map-themed, where it's, like, roadmaps and stuff, like, all the decor is, like, there's old, like, sea navigational charts, where it's just very much about, like, the journey of it all. Uh, my favorite one is, I liked the idea of Atlas Cookies being an international cookie store, where it's, like, cookies all across the world, where you can get all these different kinds. Uh, I just, I love... I love the Atlas Foundation. I love Agents of Atlas. I loved the idea because Jimmy Woo actually like up, like he kept up the Atlas Foundation when they took over because he had to like make it seem like it was still an evil organization, but still had all of these businesses across the globe. Where is this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about what they did to my man, Jimmy Woo. To be fair, I can see... I can see Randall Park Jimmy Woo. I I love opening Randall a cookie Park sport. Jimmy Woo. <laughs> I love Randall Park. I just Jimmy Woo is so so I much mean, more than just a comic relief character. Like he is a very deep character, I think. And it pained me to see him just kind of turned into a joke, but yeah. Hey, I I think he's coming. I think he's coming back in full force. I think and they, uh, Agents of Atlas is such a rich vein. I could talk about it for hours. I can only hope because I hope Randall Park stays around forever. So love true. Him. Love him. Love Randall he's Park. So good. All right, Lainey, what do you have for us? Okay, hey guys. Um, I have several ideas. Um, I came up with about six. And I've narrowed it down to one I'm pretty happy with. Some quick answers, some quick just like driving by general like elevator pitch ideas here. Um, A flash themed restaurant that is fast casual with the emphasis on casual where it's really slow. Um, Another one where it would be a like a lazy river kind of establishment where you're eating on that and it would be an Atlantean sort of one. I really went into the DC vein here. Now, what I ended up landing on is I am a big fan of the Iceberg Lounge. I think it is a stellar establishment of a lot of crime. And, you know, I think eventually, inevitably, it's gonna shut down, right? And so what are you gonna do with that space? Uh, Assuming there isn't another warlord who's gonna rise up and take it, etc., etc. My proposal is... 
we make it into a Chuck E. Cheese-esque establishment called Club Penguin. Now, walk with me. <laughs> walk with me for a moment. Now, at this establishment, there would be set, not like games for kids or anything like that, but like roulette tables. You know, like a little kid casino. There's like, what I'm picturing, like a 21 table going on. Really intense blackjack happening. There are horse races that are just putting these kids out of money. I really, really think, though, the cornerstone of this establishment is not the delicious food. Although I do think there's a lot of fun stuff we can do with like frozen beverages, you know, like a slushy situation. We could have all sorts of salad opportunities with the name Iceberg. I mean, come on now. Of course, there'd have to be a penguin-shaped um, pizza, you know, in honor. Um, but the real piece de resistance here um, would oh be <laughs> animatronics. Oh my god. Style. I'm so sorry. Animatronics in the style of the Gotham Rogues. So <laughs> I'm thinking like probably a dozen of them that do like a little band dance. Um and the message, the cryptic message I had sent that was in my notes earlier was I think this can in turn unite the Five Nights at Freddy's and Batman universe for once and for all. Because we've all been waiting for it. <laughs> this is it. This is the thread. Follow-up question. <laughs> I, I could not imagine how you'd have any questions. That was so clear. If this is an animatronic band, mm -hmm. who's on what instrument? Oh, such a good question. I'm glad you've asked. Um, I have put no thought into it. I'm thinking, like, I'm really open to suggestions at this point. You know, there's no wrong answers except for what I just said. Um, but I'm picturing, like, we got to get some strong vocals up front. I'm seeing, like, maybe, like, a Catwoman lead. Um, for drums, I'm seeing, like, a Killer Croc situation could be kind of fun. I was thinking um, Bane. Bane? Bane is, Bane like, on drums. Bane oh. is, like, one of those hot bassists entirely. Um, yeah, I think that I think Scarecrow could be involved. I feel like we could get like I just think he'd be a good animatronic, just he's in on, general. I think he's on rhythm guitar. Oh, the guitar. keys! Oh, yeah. the keys. He's, I think keys. he's got to be on the keys. Absolutely. Uh, who who else belongs in there? You know, I feel like we we've got such a rich group. I think it's a little over overkill to have like ventriloquist up there, you know, because it's like to have an animatronic with a puppet that just feels like a lot. I think he's um, backing vocals. <laughs> oh my god! Like little doo wop harmonies in the back. Yeah. We haven't even established what type of music this is. I think it is like some real sultry jazz. Ooh. For these children. <laughs> I think kind of tying in with that, your, the last, uh, you know, episode that had released as of this recording, uh, Joker's got to be a singer. Like, yeah. the Joker yeah. does canonically sing <laughs> to, right. like, right. the fright and terror of others. <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of forget he's technically a part of the rogues. I don't know why he's just blocked out of my brain, but he wow. is. I only have room for his fish. I, 
I've got one more. I've got one more animatronic pitch here. I've got, so I don't know if either of you are familiar with the with the group, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. How yeah. could I not be the Stones? Are you kidding me? Now, if both of you are familiar, there is a member of the band who just stands there and dances, and that's his whole role in the band because he's just a friend of the band. <gasps> I think that's Jason Todd. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, can I pause it? That's not an animatronic. It's just Jason Todd. <laughs> Jason Todd. He has a side hustle. You know, times are you tough. Respect it. Um, and so now he's at the kid casino doing a little a little jig up on the stage with the animatronics. I'm picturing mm-hmm. it's like that David, um, the David Byrne dancing that he does. To, uh, on stage where he oh just God, the, David... the weirdest like dances for the talking heads. I think in re- to replace David Byrne's large suit, I think he's got a large version of the Red Hood helmet that's like a mascot head. Are you talking about the pill head? No, 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 okay. no, his normal helmet. His normal, normal helmet. helmet, just like a really big version of it? Yeah, just a big helmet. Wow, that's really good. Guys, I think we should bring this to Shark Tank. I think so. Thanks. I would like to retract real quick. Scarecrow, put him back. Let's get him on base. Uh, the penguin himself is on the Ivor Keys. He's oh my on God, a he full piano. Not, not a keyboard. He, like, he's the only one like on a real fancy instrument. It's like a... St- <laughs> like a grand. A full grand piano on oh stage. My- <laughs> it takes up like half oh of it. Oh mm, my God. You know, I think that image is a great place to end this episode proper. Um, Cena, Laney, thank you so much for. I don't know what this was. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, thank you. Laney, I know you have something to plug, but before that, Cena, do you have anything you want to plug? Absolutely not. Got it. Laney. Hey gang, Lainey here, checking in with you from the future, because you see, at this point in the episode, I had been awake for 21 hours, so the plug I gave was not correct. I'm here to plug the Calorum Cookbook. If you watch A Crown of Candy, which is a Dimension 20 show, it's based off of that, and it's a really cool cookbook. All the proceeds go to charity. They go to Action Against Hunger, which is a fantastic nonprofit you should check out. Um, they, the prices come from as cheap as $15, as expensive as $60 with huge bundles of like pins and keychains and stickers and all sorts of really cool stuff. You should go check it out. Pre-orders end April 9th, which to my understanding is just two days after this episode. However, I do want to say I do still stand by what I plugged for Cena. The other thing I would like to plug today, watch Frasier. Really holds up. <laughs> I <laughs> tossed salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> you know, this is adding to the podcast reputation of telling people to go watch other shows. <laughs> but yeah, go watch Frasier. Um, goodbye, everybody. And Bye. remember, if Bruce Wayne comes up to you and asks for a well-done steak, ask him politely yet firmly to leave. Goodbye, everybody.
Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman's theme music was written by Charlotte Rosenthal. Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman is produced by Mythonomica Productions. Thank you for listening.